0: Hi everyone. I'm Bev. I'm the host of People at Work. People at Work is a podcast brought to you by Jocelyn. And at Jossel, we are building an employee enablement platform that is helping connect people to everything that matters to them during their workday. And while we're thinking about technology that can help that endeavor, I'm also out in the world having conversations with people who are really influencing it and changing the experience that people are having during their workday. So today's conversation is going to be about hybrid work and how we can learn from what Bonusly is doing in their environment. And I'm delighted to welcome Vicky Yang, who is the VP of People Operations at Bonusly to the show today.
1: Hi, Vicky. Hi, Bev.
0: Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. I, I was um, privileged to be on a webinar recently where you were talking about uh, what you're up to at uh, at Bonusly. And I was just really intrigued and impressed by how um, open and and humble you were about how you're approaching what you're doing at at Bonusly. So really looking forward to digging into it a little bit here on the
1: podcast today. Same. Happy to share kind of our experience and, and kind of what we've gone through.
0: Well, none of us have the answers to this problem, right? So yeah. <laughs> we can learn from each other and, uh, you know, that that really will help us move this, this forward. And as we know from the Steelcase Global Report that was recently released, some 72% of organizations are adopting a hybrid model going forward. So we know that hybrid is the way forward for work. And I think the more that we can talk about it and, and experiment and learn from each other, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we start with uh, a description from you around uh, you know what you're actually doing as it relates to hybrid over at Bonusly?
1: Yeah, I think it was. and It's interesting for me because I came from other companies who were already working in a dispersed work environment before COVID even happened, right? So it's global companies, companies with more offices, which I think in and of itself is actually hybrid work. Really, what it is is not everyone's in the same space. And then at Bonusly, when I first got in. Um, you know, the company had gone completely remote, so I onboarded remotely. And it was this idea of like, okay, where do we go from here? Before we were predominantly Colorado-based office with a couple of satellites. Um, But as a lot of people who may work for dispersed workforces know that that doesn't always, um, offices aren't big enough. There isn't enough gravity, so to speak. And the, the pull is still with headquarters. So that was very much the case. So a lot of it was around uh, just understanding, you know, what about remote work was working for people? What are the things that we wanted to keep and be more intentional about as we des- decided, you know, where we wanted to go, which ultimately ended up being this hybrid work uh, workplace strategy, which we had a feeling that was going to go in that direction. But then it was really about, like, how do we shape it so that we don't lose um, the collaboration, the innovation and the flexibility everyone has in their work right now? Um, and really, again, it's really about setting that intention and making sure we we're being intentional and thoughtful about what we wanted to keep, why we wanted to keep it and what that would look like going forward. Yeah,
0: I think that intentionality is so critical in this next phase here. And it, it's and it's one thing understanding what you want to do going forward, but then actually putting that into practice and being open to adjusting it as you move forward, I think is, is really important. So. Tell us a little bit about some of your feedback mechanisms and how you're, you're sort of
1: keeping a sense of, of how people are feeling about moving into this new way of working. Yeah, we did a lot of surveys and a lot of just kind of research on, um, you know, reading a lot of papers and what was already out there around um, how do you structure some of this? What are the things to think about? And uh, Life Labs has a really great kind of checklist that they put together that helps you get into a lot of the specifics around things. So to, you know, making sure we get feedback that people say they want things sometimes, and they, maybe that's not actually what they want. And so there's a lot of after you get that feedback, digging more into you know why why did you respond that way? What was the what was the impetus behind your desire to kind of you know either stay working from home four days a week or whatever it might be? Um, and and then asking questions like uh, you know, do you feel like you are, there's collaboration happening right now? Do you feel like there's innovation happening right now? Uh, work of those things, what's working for the teams and what's not. And having managers drive drive that piece as well in terms of creating working agreements, which goes back to the intentionality pieces. Now that we've decided this is kind of what we're going to do, well, let's talk about how each team does it because it's going to be different for engineering and, and it might be different for sales, right? So what does that look like for your teams? Um, and I think to your point of you know, being flexible about it. We don't know if this is going to work well or not. So let's put something down on paper. Let's try it and then go and revisit it and see if it is or not.
0: Yeah. And that really takes us into this realm of discomfort, I think, for some leaders, right? Around not having the answers, not really knowing if it's going to work. But nonetheless, we need to try things and tinker with it and try, you know, go back to the drawing board if we need to and, and being open in our communication. Um, with people when, once, you know, while we're tinkering with this, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about your leadership approach, your leadership attitude, and, and how you are, um, you know, shepherding this process from a leadership point of view.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of discussion around change management and, and the change curve in general. And we actually pulled up with employees when we first started talking about this to really just anchor like, hey, this is what happens to your brain and in, in and your body, even like when you go through change, this is how it impacts you. And just by default, our brains really like not changing things. We like consistency. We like, we like knowing what to expect. And even after we go through it, we fall into another space of understanding kind of how things, you know, the consistency piece again. So I think it was actually calling that out and saying, hey, here's what's going to happen. You are going to feel discomfort. Here's how we're going to try and mitigate some of that. Um, and so I think putting that up first and then going through this process of like, let's, let's also understand, you know, what is it that's going on, what we think should happen and leaving that space for making sure there's feedback and opportunity to change things. Um, that way it's not this like, oh, you've, I, I feel like I'm being trapped into this box that you told me I have to go in the office X number of days a week. And it's, it is for this reason. And then also as a leadership team, it's, Really looking at okay, because we know our brains really like consistency, are we doing this just because it's how we've always done it? So what is the actual problem we're trying to solve? Uh, and pulling it back to looking at, okay, what is the problem we're trying to solve given this new world that we live in, how do we solve for that? And actually pointing out where we've already adapted to some of those things. So for example, I think there's a there's a belief that if we're all sitting in that same room, you know, we, and if, you, if you're if you in a workplace that doesn't have cubicles, there's a lot of like talking that goes on and a lot of sharing of information. So if what we don't want to lose is that sharing of information. How do we build in a process to make sure that happens? So, for example, on our sales team, they they have intentional call reviews and they do it much more frequently than, than maybe say they would have done if they were in the office. Um, and that fixes a problem. And now you can hire anywhere because you kind of solved that piece of it. Right, so it's looking at what problem are we trying to solve and what are some more creative ways we can do it.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a piece to that around really challenging beliefs and assumptions that we've, we've held as leadership teams around what we think we need our people to have in order to be creative and innovative and work productively together. Right? I, I feel like for me, over the past 18 months, that's one of the biggest things we at Jossel have actually come to realize. Um, you know, we had been an in-office company before the pandemic uh, with some flexibility for people. But really be- believe that we did our best work in person, and this past eighteen to twenty months has proven that we can actually do some pretty amazing work without being in the same room with one another, right? And we're we're celebrating that because you know we're moving forward with a hybrid model. We've had to make that change, right? We've had to shift that that belief that we held about ourselves. And is there anything that you've had to shift in your environment from a leadership point of view that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, it, absolutely. And I think it is. It was exactly that, the idea of being able to do something differently Uh, because we, you know, we know what we know. So if we know being together can help innovation, maybe not so much productivity, because I think everyone would admit that, yeah, there's a lot of interruptions that happen in the office, but there's a lot of fun that can happen, a lot of relationship building um, and nuance that sometimes does get missed. and and so there had there was a shift of looking at all right, but what are our ultimate goals when it comes to what we want to build as a company? Um, and I think another example of that is being headquartered in Colorado. We really care about diversity, equity, inclusion. And to be quite honest, if that's what we care about, by sheer numbers and population and, and kind of of you know of numbers of like people from diverse backgrounds, it is not that high in Colorado. So if we're especially from a race perspective. Uh, So if we want to do that, we care about that, then we have to shift the way we do things. Um, So that was, I think, another thing of just looking at, all right, if we were to open it up to more remote roles, what does that look like and why are we doing it?
0: Yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying about staying focused on the ultimate goal. And I, I think that's something that maybe has been hard to do over the last months because there's so much uncertainty and because... Companies have been forced to change so quickly, virtually overnight in how they they operate, right like I think it can be hard sometimes to actually stay focused or maybe you don't even know what your goal is anymore, and specifically you know around your 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 people practices or how to bring your people together, right so um I think that's really great insight there that that you're staying focused on you know where do you want to be and what is the outcome um that you want to get to. So what are some obstacles or bumps in the road that you've been experiencing as you are on this mission to get to the the ultimate goal that you've set for yourselves as a company moving into hybrid work?
1: Yeah. uh, You know, I talk a lot about, okay, we want to be intentional. We want to be more specific and build out a lot of this. And to be honest, there's, especially I think as at a very rapidly growing startup, we're building this ship as we're sailing it, right, or building the plane as we're flying it, however, whichever I have, <laughs> you want to get. It. And it can be really hard to actually sit down and put down on paper exactly what we think this should look like so that we're achieving the goal we want to achieve. Um, because it also changes so rapidly. Like, we literally thought by this time this year, we, with vaccinations, we would be kind of more in this, fully into this hybrid model that we had decided on, and that's not the case. We've actually, again, pushed our our kind of official hybrid start date to January. Um, and so there is a lot of, I think those are the bumps is, is we start writing all these things and then suddenly a wrench appears out of nowhere. Um, so really still try to keep focused um, and, and you know, take what we have and try and work with it because it does get outdated pretty quickly. I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges right now.
0: Yeah, that's probably being fueled by the, the uncertainty too, right? And um, just the changing landscape is really making it hard for us as leaders to make decisions that stick
1: too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a fatigue, I think, that's, you know, leadership's feeling, people, managers, employees, everyone's feeling it. Of Oh my gosh, one more change. Even, even if it's small, I think it does have an impact. So it's, there is, a, I think, a harder job for everyone lately of of staying engaged just because it's kind of where we're at with the world and, and even, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to work together. Um, it's tough. It's really tough.
0: Yeah, and um, Vicky, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what is your hybrid structure? Like, how have you decided to define hybrid? Like, is it like
1: two days in the office, three days at home? Yeah, so we made it very free-flowing, and it's really actually up to the teams themselves to decide kind of what will work best for them. At first, we we went through several discussions about this because nothing was ever actually put in place. Yeah, it still hasn't technically been. Um, the office is open, but we're like, okay, so maybe, you know, do we want to do one day a week, everyone then on Wednesdays or two days a week and one day is this day and, and then everyone else, you know, you choose what day. But then it came back to, well, why? Why would we structure it that way? And we couldn't come up with a good answer for that, I think. So it was... Because when when we started talking to the teams and as a leadership team was talking, it's like, well, that doesn't work for our team. doesn't work for this team. Actually, technically, it doesn't actually work for our office because it's not big enough anymore for how many people we've hired. So then we we kind of switched to, all right, we would like people to be in person one day a week to build some of those. This is purely our hub-based employees. So these are employees based out of Colorado because it's the only place we have a physical presence anymore. To decide. Okay, so this is what we would like to do. Now, you as a team decide if we think that being in person helps build relationships as an opportunity for some collaboration, brainstorming, or you know, different activities. Um, here's the things we want you to think about. Now, decide which day will work best for your team, and decide what you're actually going to do on those days with the team. Um, and so that way, it, it kind of goes back to them about how they want to structure it so that it makes sense for what they're trying to do. Yeah, that sounds very similar to
0: how we're approaching it at Jostle, and um, definitely empowering every team to make decisions based on the way they like to work together and where they think the value is in terms of in-person contact with one another and the rest of the organization. So, um, you know, we, like you, ask these questions around, well, does this serve us and why would we make this decision? And, you know, if we're going to ask people to come to the office, do we have a good reason for why we're asking them to do that? It's not just oh, well, that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's it's interesting to hear that, that we're we we're sort of and um, we're we're building similar boats as we're sailing <laughs> through these crazy choppy waters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let me ask you this because I'm curious because there are these parallels between Jostle and Bonin City. So at, at Jostle, we very much um, democratize decision-making and we empower our team leads who are what we call managers at Joss, or we call them team leads, um, to really take a leadership role and really own how their their team functions and operates. Um, How are you empowering, training, educating, supporting your own middle manager level individuals to actually help bring hybrid work and, and the way that you're moving forward as a company um, into the, the the business for each of your teams? Like, how are you, you specifically helping team leads or managers?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And we're probably not doing as much as we could, to be honest there. Um, there's definitely kind of on the roadmap to, to create is more training. So depending on, you know, the structure of your employee population or your, sorry, your manager population, are they experienced managers? Have they managed remotely before? Right. And even as we're hiring, we're, we're looking at some of those things. Um, and, you know, because it's different when when you have someone who has managed remotely, uh, you know, a lot of people are, would probably say now, well, I know how now. Um, but I would also ask, you know, do you, though, do you know, you know, are, are the things that you're doing now uh, building teams across kind of the the zoom screen or google meet screen or whatever um, and so it is in our roadmap to kind of create some more like tidbits of training of like where are those intentional things that you have to build as a manager so like actually scheduling conversations building in time in your one-on-ones to even have small talk right like i've uh with my team i've built in a set of questions at the beginning of like hey what what was your win of the week what frustrated you what are you most proud of? Because those things I might have seen if we were all in the office together and and just kind of known or heard about. Um, It helps that our product also does that. So bonus Leah, the product is peer recognition. So I get to see some of that going on, which is super helpful. But I also want to hear more. I want to make sure that I'm spending that time. How was your weekend? What did you do? Show me pictures, right? Like thinking about those things as well and spending that time to do that. Um, And so we are going to be building kind of more trainings and, and helping managers think about what that looks like, especially as we keep hiring too. What does the onboarding for your new employees look like to kind of create that experience when we're not bringing them back into an office and they get to see everyone for a whole week? Yeah, definitely. I,
0: I think there is this danger of out of sight, out of mind that alienates and, and, you know, furthers the isolation that people might be feeling in this remote work mode. So I, I appreciate what you're saying about the the very, um, visible recognition of, of people. And, you know, you have to put in a bit more effort to make sure that you are surfacing those good deeds and that great communication or that great teamwork that's happening with, with people. But ultimately I think that's a good thing. I think you can never have too much of that going on in your organization. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a question I like to ask myself is how do I know this is happening? Like, um you know, how do I know they're doing well? How do I know they're not doing well? And it's kind of always in the back of my mind to make sure that I'm checking in somehow uh, during the week.
0: And are you doing anything within Bonusly around, you know, one of the things that we do at Jocelyn, I know a lot of other organizations do this too, is we do these random matchups with people who don't normally work together to have a, a virtual coffee chat, or there's all sorts of other tools and apps and plugins to actually encourage those, you know, organic connections between people. Is there anything that you particularly like doing in your environment to encourage that?
1: Yeah. uh, So we do use uh, Slack and, and Donut, the app. So Donut is great for kind of matching and doing exactly what you're talking about, of like pairing people up, having them, you know, have those, and those conversations are really just Hey, you know, what did you do this week? It could be anything. So it's kind of like having a random almost lunch hour or, or coffee break with someone. So we do a lot of that. We do a lot of um, they do like daily challenges. So just random questions that people can answer. Um, and then even um like I, I think the the acknowledging the awkwardness of some of those forced interactions, but still being layer. So building it into training times, uh just so that people have time to chat with each other and kind of learn more about each other. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've been thinking
0: about is like just mapping out the moments where I would have a crossover with someone that was not part of my regular workday in the office. So for example, walking to a meeting room, I would often like, pair up with someone as I was walking into the meeting room, right? And we would have a bit of a a quick chat or, you know, how's your day going? How was your weekend? Like, how's your dog? Like that kind of thing. Um, So it's, and that's really hard to recreate in a digital format, right? So, um, you know, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about, well, how do you actually encourage those moments? And I've been testing it out a little bit in the start of, of my own Zoom calls or my own virtual meetings to see like can you actually force that into the moment, right? And it's really hard to do. So I I don't know if you're running any of your own informal experiments like that.
1: Um, We haven't, I I have not, but I I do pick up on it when someone else tries something, right? So there was a meeting that ended slightly early and they could have just dropped off the call. But I liked how one of the managers said, well, how was your weekend? and incorporated that small talk. And it was a little funny because it was at the end. And normally people do that at the beginning, right? As you're kind of waiting for people to trickle in. But it was such a nice way to end the meeting. Um, so yeah, I I agree. It's 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 a little bit random. I think uh, one thing I've been thinking about, haven't been doing as much and as intentionally is like my team has their own Slack channel, right? And so maybe putting in there more of like, hey, how was everyone's weekend? You know, share something about it. Um, and again, try, trying to think of those conversations you would have as you're walking, uh, and what that might look like. Or there was actually we did a, a kind of a quote-unquote offsite, um, and the whole first hour I said we're just going to talk. Go grab your food. We're going to sit. We're going to eat as if we were all at the table and just just talk as we normally would, um, which I think was was helpful.
0: Yeah, and it feels it feels awkward and strange the first few times when you do that, but I think as time will go by, like that will just become. Mm-hmm. The way we do things, right? And, and and we should also guard against falling into this the new normal that everyone is, you know heralding. We should keep things interesting and keep pushing ourselves to find those ways to keep things fresh and interesting and, and engaging for, for people. But the other thing that I, I think about is in this hybrid mode, if we truly are in, in hybrid, at any given moment we might find ourselves in a situation where we've got some people in the office and some people remote, and you're on a meeting call and now you've got to engage people in two different mediums right and that's going to just add another layer of complexity so um, it's it's very easy for unfairness and different levels of exposure to things to creep in to people's experience because suddenly the people who are on the video call are not really benefiting as much as the people who are in person Um, so are you thinking through that to any great degree around how you're keeping fairness like how do you make sure that people have the same experience across the board in your organization?
1: Yeah, definitely. And because our office is technically open, so anyone who's vaccinated and feels like it can can go into the office right now. We've started to just actually test it. So, uh, you know, we're we're trying different things where all right, everyone ha- everyone has their video on. And we've already kind of created these these rules that we think we want to use anyway, so everyone has video on. If you're all in the same room, only one person has their microphone on so that way we can still hear what's happening and see each other. Um, and that seems to be working pretty well. And we tried something else before and that didn't work. And so we quickly switched to this. But it is a lot of that trial and error. And I think because everyone is so mindful of it now is just to build in those habits of um, one is when we ask questions, we wait an awkwardly long time. So six seconds, which will sound longer when you're sitting there. It's actually quite long. Um, to see if anyone has a question um, because we're also being very mindful of it every, every, if we, we try to have the people on the phone go first, but if they don't or um, maybe forget, usually somebody will pick up on it and say, hey, is there anything, you know, folks on the phone that you want to add, which we've generally seen only become an issue if the majority of the people are in the room. So if you've got half the people on the phone and half the people in the room, we don't actually encounter this problem, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. And stepping outside of the meeting context, are you seeing any habits or practices that you're reinforcing around asynchronous work and how to you know optimize the the work practices that people have got in your your teams, or are you just leaving that up to each team, like you said, in terms of how they work together mm-hmm. um to figure out what norms work for them within their team?
1: Yeah, I think large part, we are still working, letting them work through it. We do have some habits, I think that have just permeated in general, largely from how we run meetings. So we're big note-taking, um, we have a big note-taking culture. So when it comes to meetings, there's usually an assigned note-taker, everything's jotted down, which we found to be really helpful. So if someone's missed the meeting or or whatnot, or you know maybe you're not an auditory learner and you need to kind of process things and go back and look at it, right? Um, there's the opportunity, opportunity to do that, mostly with with team meetings. Um, it's not as good of a habit as our uh, larger meetings. And so what we've actually done is uh, found transcription services. So now all of our large company meetings are being transcribed so that uh, if someone wants to just skim it or search the text later, they can. And. Where are you keeping all of that
0: information? Have you got a wiki or do you have a central place where all of that body of knowledge is kept as a reference point for people?
1: Yeah, we currently use Guru. So Guru is kind of our, our way of, um, everything technically usually lives in, in Google drive, but every, it's hard to search. It's hard to find stuff. So Guru is kind of like, this is really dated. So I'm not sure if people understand, but I think of it like a a card catalog at a library or like the search function, you know, when you're trying to find a book. And Guru is the first place you start. It might have a little bit of information, but then there's usually a link that takes you to the details. And so that's our, right now we found that's kind of the best way to work through it Uh, because it's easy to tag. It's easier to keep stuff up to date that way. And especially as we scale, even though we say, okay, yeah, we're doing this because there's this need for it. As we grow, it's become a bigger need because of the hybrid work. And if we can document as much as we can and make it easy to find, then that just benefits everyone, no matter where you are.
0: Yeah, and I think that is going to be one of the keys to moving forward um, effectively here is that this this clarity of information, making the communication channels as clear as possible, helping people find things and people um, in their workday, and basically just removing friction from people's day, I think is Mm -hmm. going to be key. Yep, agreed. So as we're getting to um, wrap up our time here um, today, Vicky, just uh, I'd love to understand your perspective We've heard a lot about the turnover tsunami that's coming, the great resignation, whatever you want to call it. We know that people are moving and people are moving en masse to find better arrangements for themselves in their workday, right? So um, what would you say is is the most crucial thing that you're doing at Bonusly to retain your people?
1: Um, it's funny because as, as, as we're doing this, the biggest thing that crosses my mind is If you can retain your employees, it doesn't matter what's going on elsewhere. Like if you have good retention practices, regardless of the so-called great resignation happening right now, you should be continuing to do that. And so for Bonusly, I think it's really, it goes back to the basics, I guess is what I'm saying is, are we recognizing our employees? Are we talking to them? Do we understand what they want to do? And are we helping them see alignment between what they want, their future career goals and what they're doing at Bonusly right now? Um, and so that's the biggest piece. And that's the one that I I actually this morning was talking to our managers about. It's like, have those conversations, help them see where, where those alignments are, because that's going to increase engagement. It's going to increase retention is what we should be doing. And there really isn't any different. Um, we should still be having those conversations.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really sound advice. You know, I, I love the way you phrase that around getting back to the basics and there's so many things that are just basic things that we should have been doing all along. We didn't need to wait for a pandemic and for the the face of work to train change dramatically for us to do some of those really basic things to make people feel valued in their workday. So, I love love that that you're taking it back to the basics. And um, so, final question for you is um what's been the most notable thing you've learned about yourself as a leader over the past 18 to 20 months?
1: Oh, man. I think it's um, having some strong opinions, but loosely held and being willing to like revisit things constantly. Uh, And in this, my latest mantra has been, it's a learning experience. Everything right now is a learning experience. You're never too old to learn, right? And so even though I've been doing this for like almost 20 years now, it's like, okay, no one's gone through this and it's okay. And it's a learning experience. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to try something new. You're going to figure out what works. And you just got to keep that in mind as you keep going. Well, I think that is a a very um, open-minded and uh,
0: responsible approach, (laughs) especially when you're partially responsible for building a new ship that is uh, forging ahead and and, uh, is uh, needing some holes patched here and there. (laughs) Yep, definitely. Well, thanks so much for the time and for your insights. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you continued uh, success and, and uh, please keep sharing what you're learning. It's, it's helping all of us. So take it easy and be safe. Great. Thank you so much, Beth. Thanks for listening to People at Work. If you enjoyed the episode today, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to get this material into the ears, hearts, and minds of as many listeners as possible and would really appreciate your help. Until next time.